Hey, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out to the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast, where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all of the things. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast. And I'm so stoked today, or well, actually it's tonight when I'm recording this with an amazing human being. Welcome back to the show, Stephanie. Hi, Gina. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited you're here. We were already chatting it up before we pushed play. But the last, the last time you were on the show, we were talking about farting and all of the amazing things. And I just knew that I had to have you back on the show. And for our listeners, recently I posted on my stories on Instagram of someone who will be brave enough to come on and share all of the behind the scenes stuff of business and life that people just don't talk about, right? So lots have changed before, I guess not before, but since you've been on the show. So now, Stephanie Russell, the last time you were on, we talked a lot about coaching, but I'm really pumped to talk about your pivot because you now help people dive really deep into stuff and in a different way through psychological safety, right? So I'm going to hand the mic over to you and give our listeners, I guess, a little blurb about what you've been up to. Well, thank you for that, Gina. I It's funny, you know, because it's actually not that different from what I was doing before. So when, and I'm sure we'll get into this in the, into the conversation, but there's breadcrumbs in life, right? And sometimes we follow the breadcrumbs and sometimes we do not. And I've been following breadcrumbs and I am a mental health advocate. That's why I got into coaching. Coaching saved my really saved my life back in my twenties. And I mentioned about that in the last podcast about how I got into coaching, but basically I wanted to help people with their mental wellness. That's always been the goal. That's always been the goal. Now, when I first started in this industry, and I think this is really great for the listeners to hear because pivoting is everything. Oh my God, is it ever. (laughs) Right? I had this end goal of I want to make an impact through helping people with their mental wellness. That has been the goal the entire time. Now, I am also a hairstylist by trade, and I've been coaching and teaching in the hairstylist industry across Canada and North America for 18 years. 18 years. 18 years. So I'm dating myself now. And so I and through the hair companies, that's how I got into coaching. But what happened was, is that when I first in the, in the pandemic, when I first decided to go all in and get my certification and do the Tony Robbins university and all that jazz, I, for some reason felt like I had to distance myself from hair. And 
I came back home to myself because I started following the breadcrumbs, right? My audience is mostly hairstylists. Why can't I make an impact in the hair industry? And so then in 2021, I started to coach salon leaders and I was, I came across um, a lot of talk of psychological safety in specific uh, the impact that it had on Google with the Aristotle project. Now, I'm not going to get into all that because we this podcast isn't about that, but um, it was just such a big piece of what made Google so special. And if you want to research it, super easy, Google, Google, Google <laughs> and the Aristotle <laughs> program. And um, I was using pieces of what they were teaching with psychological safety. I did a little course by uh, Canadian Mental Health Association, a championship course. And then I was using it in my um, leadership with with salons. And then, you know what, Gina, just basically it was starting to engulf the majority of what I was teaching because it has two aspects. It has the reduction of mental harm and the promotion of well-being. And so... Right. And so for me and where the world is right now um, and knowing that I can make a huge impact in the beauty industry by taking something that's been almost secretive to big business or exclusive to big business and bringing it to small business and showing them how they can do that. But not only that, but like bringing it right back to the heart of it. How do we be psychologically safe with ourselves? How do we be psychologically safe with our customers? How do we be psychologically safe with our children, our family, and everyone? And again, reduction of mental harm, promotion of well-being, that is a theme that anybody can use. And so then I went back to university and we can talk about how much money I've invested throughout this Oh my goodness, I can't wait. Um, I I went back to... Yeah, that actually was actually a small investment, but I went back to the University of New Brunswick and um, got my psychological safety facilitators and created Psychologically Safe Salons, which got launched um, this month and is now being booked for February, which is really, really cool. So now we're updated. That's where I am. Can we just stop and celebrate the heck out of all that? Oh, my God. Watching you grow and follow those breadcrumbs have been amazing to watch, like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. So freaking proud of you. Oh, I know, I right? Goosebumps. I know. That's how I know, right? Every time I, that's that's my sign from the universe, goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's just so beautiful to see the changes that you're bringing about. So thank you for the work that you do. It's so special. Um, oh, you're just incredible. So now you guys are all caught up on what Stephanie's been up to. And obviously when you pivot and when you're doing this freaking business thing, it can be hard, right? It's right. Like it's hard. You know, we're both over here like blessing ourselves because this journey is not for the faint heart. And one thing that you need to know about Stephanie and I is that the conversation that we're going to have today, we have on a regular basis. That's what I love about you, Stephanie, is that we can have the most raw and honest and open and non-judgmental conversations And what we've decided to do today is just turn the mic on so you can listen to (laughs) because because I just feel the stuff that we're going to talk about today is usually the stuff that business owners struggle with alone. Gina, it's like the way I think about it is, is that the longer we keep the skeletons in the closet, the skeletons essentially are shame. Mm -hmm. And I know you feel the same. Yeah. And so the longer we keep that shame in the closet, the, the longer it's without light the longer it festers and grows. 
And if we, the reason why these conversations, me and you get so deep in, we know they're healing. 100%. You know, when we have these conversations, you're being healed. I'm being healed. You feel seen. I feel yeah. seen. And so hopefully the listeners can can get in this with us and feel seen and know what it's like to be a real human being with things that are not perfect all the time. And yet still find the joy and the and the fulfillment in it. Absolutely. And to even take that a step further, if you're listening and you're like, well, I'm not a business owner, maybe I should tune out. I truly believe that the things that we're going to talk about today, we're using business, but insert life, insert anything that you can apply to as well. You're going to notice that there's some common themes that once again, we just want to pull the curtains back and let you know that you're not alone. Because I remember when I first started my business, Stephanie, all that I saw were people rocking it and loving the entrepreneurship and being like, oh yeah, business owner, quit my job. Whoop, whoop. So it's glorious when you look at the Instagram reel or the Facebook posts of people living their best life. And we both kind of think the same way of like two things get to be true. It can be really good, but it can also be really hard too. And not talking about the hard stuff is not good for anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not helpful. It's not helpful to ourselves. Again, back to the psychological harm. It is psychologically harming to give people one side of the coin. Absolutely. And I want this podcast to be a place where people can come in and listen and leave feeling that, you know what? Okay, phew. This is normal for me to feel this way. Like I want to normalize these things because life and business, we all have that other side of the coin. And you know what? You're not alone. You're not alone. And we're going to show you just how not alone you are. <laughs> All right, let's get into All this. Right. I want to talk about the freaking pivots because, you know, our nine to five, like when you start life, you know, traditionally you get into the nine to five, it's like you get in, boom, your whole life is planned out. Right. Mm. But when you get into the business world and becoming an entrepreneur, like pivot is your middle name. Right. So you've recently had some pivots. And while right now you're on the podcast, you've made it. This beautiful gift is out into the world. Can we talk about the pivots and the hard points along the way that led you here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost like, where do I start with this? <laughs> so, um, you know, I think the biggest decision that is probably in a lot of the minds of the listeners right now is some of them I'm sure are just thinking about starting a business. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could start yeah, there. Let's, hey? let's go there. Um, so basically I, well, in starting a business, so it's, it was incremental for me because I was a commissioned hairstylist in a salon and it just so happened that the move that the salon owner made uh, it wasn't exactly. So she switched spaces and the space that we went to didn't really feel like home to me. Mm. And so I knew I had to go find a new home. I really honestly would have stayed with her forever if we had stayed in the location we were at before that. Um, but I love how the universe didn't have that in store for me. <laughs> I love, I really do believe that it was pushing me, right? Because, you know, I wanted to be a coach since I, since I was 25 um, or 26. So at this point now, uh, this was 2018 when the move was made. And so I then, uh, as everything aligns, there was a suite that happened to open up 
uh, in the True Salon Suites here in Newfoundland and I got my own suite and it all just fell into place, Gina, and I don't need to get too much into that story. But because during 2020, I was in already in business for myself, I do know now that that's the the next step was to do coaching because I had wanting, I was wanting to do it for, you know, it was 14 or 15 years at that point. And so by the shutdown happening and I had already had, I'd already done coaching courses. I had already done little bits of it, but I was so busy behind the chair and I was making six figures. And I mean, it during the pandemic, when everything shut down, I was like, well, Hey, I'm not making six figures now. This is a great time. The world's on pause. I might as well. Yeah. But here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing is that that's still I mean, that's still really scary. Right. So I wonder, like my thought is if anybody is listening to this, maybe they're having that same inkling. It's like, well, I didn't take that leap during 2020, maybe. But I will say if entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurialism <laughs> I love that. Being an entrepreneur yeah. is in is is really really in your heart i'm gonna say you're 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 being nudged a lot right now like i was being nudged like crazy and gina i don't know how much you've shared of this on your podcast but i know we've had many talks and you were being nudged Ooh, like crazy buddy. Am I right <laughs> like i was ignoring the nudges until they became like transport truck hits like <laughs> right but, yes and i think that's important too because i feel that Sometimes people think that arriving to become an entrepreneur is like, oh, I knew it. I knew that it was like this one and done. I was going to step into it and I was going to be great at it. But I think you said something very important there that it's it's little tiny baby steps. And Mm -hmm. one of the points that I really want to hammer home, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people recently, is that quitting your job before you're established If a coach tells you that's what you should do, I really feel that's irresponsible. I want to get that out there. Yeah, I really, really do. Because I'm seeing a lot in the online space. You make it when you quit your job. And while we both are doing our own thing right now, I'm going to share a part of my story that I haven't really shared publicly yet, but it's okay to have a job while you're growing your business. You know what I mean? It's okay to have another source of income. So you're not so panicked about how you're going to pay the bills. Two of those worlds can exist and it doesn't mean you're a failure. Up until recently, I would get up at four o'clock AM, myself and my husband, and we would deliver the telegram. We have done that for about five to six years five to six years because that's what we had to do. Okay. We are luckily no longer in that situation. My husband did it longer than I did because he loved it. And he, you know, bought himself some photography stuff and all that. But for a while there, we had to do that because it was a way to make ends meet. It was a way for me to be able to work on my dream and to be able to pay our bills. And I just want to hammer that home so people are not thinking that it has to be all in. I had to say it. (laughs) So true. I love that you said that. I still, to this day, I work two days behind the chair in the salon. So I never gave up my 
my, my business, but I will say, so I was in a Tony Robbins university, like I said, mm-hmm. and one of the key teachings that he has is if you want to take the island, burn the boats. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not saying that that's not helpful because for me, I did know that I had to burn half my boats. Great because, point. Great point. Yeah. Because I was for 15 years yeah. having the security and having, and working I mean, it was really easy for me to make money as a hairstylist, to be honest with you. My specialty is curly hair. People needed it. I had this wonderful niche. I'm really well known in the city for curly hair. Honestly, I was turning away clients right, left and center. I could have made more money if my if I was way more invested in hair, because honestly, it was I was really blessed in that way. Or whatever you want to say. Yeah. So I but I knew that if I didn't burn half my boats then I wouldn't have the one number one time. I would always have an excuse because I always would have that income. Now I need to pre I need to pre-frame this, Gina, because I one of this and I want to get I really want to talk about this because the story I had I had told myself, the Stephanie that I knew was extremely financially uh smart. Like I had investments, actually my financial advisor is my father. Um, (laughs) We can talk about that too later. I love him very much and awkward. Um, And so, yeah, so I had investments. Um, I was able to pay uh, cash for Tony Robbins University. And that in itself was tens of thousands of dollars. Okay. So I had myself set up that way. So I don't want anybody here Um, to have any uh, misconceptions about what my journey looked like. I had set myself up for this in many ways, not even. However, um, I also 2020 took my income down to almost a third of what it was to do this. So, yeah, so I had that little, I had a lot of hunger. I had a lot of hunger. And as well, I had, I then, because I had put all my savings in, for the past two years, I've had to be okay with changing my story or not even changing my story, knowing that to your point, the double side of the coin is, is that I am still, although I have debt now that I've never had in my entire life, because I've always been that mm-hmm. financially sound Stephanie, that I am still financially smart because I'm investing in myself. And I will tell you one thing. I had a come to Jesus moment with myself. And one of the things I said to myself is, Stephanie, this you know, this little bit of time that you are having debt and that you're having to watch what you're spending and all that, you are paying for your dream. Mm. And this is a small price to pay for the life that you are giving yourself. Amen to that. And I'm not, I don't say amen very much, but we're going to do an amen for that. No, I love that you shared that. And I think it's a really good point because you had to burn some of the boats and that's, I want to go back to that. Cause I think that's so important. And for me, I had to burn a boat, but then get a rowboat. <laughs> and, yeah, you know yeah. what I, mean? I had to burn the big one, but then sometimes you got to, like, you do have to cut things away. And I was in the yeah. same situation. Like there was no way I could continue to build with the time of a teacher. You know what I mean? Impossible. So it's like, I gave that up, but then also took something else up as well. You know what I mean? So I think it's important to definitely lean into that about getting rid of some things, but also not to a point where you have no idea how you're going to put food on the table. No. And you, that's the thing is that you have to, to your point, you have to be able 
to pay your bills. Because I will say one thing, um, what I know to be true is, is that stress is a silent killer. Oh my God. It is a silent killer. Um, you know, they are now thinking that 95% of diseases out there are attributed to stress in some way or another. I believe it. And so, yeah. And, and, and I know that you get that. And if we're going to be stressing at night, you know, and this is one of the things, the talks I had with myself one night in um, 2021, when the visa was getting higher than I could, thought I could tolerate, funny enough, got higher than that. Um, when the bank account got lower than I thought I could tolerate, funny, it got lower than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at one point, uh, I said to myself at night when I was legitimately Gina about to have a panic attack. I could feel my heart racing. I have had panic attacks in my life. I knew what it felt like. I actually said to myself, I said, Stephanie, here's the thing is that if you are going to go to bed every night, stressed about money, this is not worth it. So here is what you have to do for yourself. What's your timeline? This is talking to myself now. And I said, okay, I'm going to give myself to 2023. Yeah. And this is in 2021. And I said, if, if by 2023, there is no way that this business is going to work out. If there's no hope, if I have no money left, if there is no way that it can happen, then 2023 is when I'm allowed to throw in the towel. I gave myself two years. It is now December, 2022. And what's your decision? Oh, I'm so (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and actually I I like the timeline and that worked really well for you, obviously. But I- It did. I mean, I had to remind myself of that too. So that was a a boundary. And it it worked well for for me as well. But I want to flip it just in case there's somebody listening and maybe you gave yourself a year and maybe you're like, oh, Stephanie, Gina, man, I did that and I'm not where I want to be. It's okay. <laughs> Sometimes we put expectations on ourselves that we're not able to really achieve within that time. That doesn't mean that you're a failure. So if you are at a point where you've been working your butt off and you're like, I'm not there yet, that doesn't mean that you have to throw in the towel. That doesn't mean that 2023, if that's your, your year that you're like, oh my God, I got to go back to do my thing. It might mean you you had to pivot or you had to look at things differently, which we're going to get into. But I want to wrap this up in a bow with the fact that Stephanie knew herself. Stephanie knew the fact that if she gave herself that deadline, she knew enough that she was going to hustle to do that. Not everybody is built that way. I'm built that way. Yes, works very well. I work very well under pressure. But if you don't and you have that pressure and it forces you to go into a shell, then maybe that's not the right approach for you, right? So just wanted to plant that seed because, yeah, we want you to really look at yourself and not put too much fucking pressure on yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, Gina. I think I'm so glad you said that. And I also, I, I, you know, what came to me while you were speaking is what story, if the listener, what story are you telling yourself? Because there's a couple of different stories and like my story about being uh, financially okay, Stephanie, right? Financially good, Stephanie. It's like, it, you know, the thought that somebody would look at my bank account now or, you know, um, especially there six months ago would say, oh, she's obviously, obviously not financially sound or whatever, that part of my ego that really hit me hard. But then again, I sat with myself and I, there's nothing that, so one of the things that I've learned is I don't let thoughts slip by without investigation. I love that. Say that again. Say that again. 
I don't let thoughts slip by without investigation, especially mm. when they have fear attached. Because there's not a thought. There's there's only, you know, our thoughts either have fear or they have love or they are neutral. And so there's not a thought that passes by my mind without being investigated, especially if it has fear. I have a really, my fear radar's on. And so when I look and say, well, what am I afraid of? Usually it's, I'm usually afraid. And there's a new type of anxiety that they're looking at. They're calling it anxiety. um, They're calling it actually a shame disorder. Oh, I believe Uh, it. Oh my God. Yeah. So shame disorder is when you're having fear uh, and the anxiety, the anxiety that's attached is actually attached to what you think other people are going to think. Oh man. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it's a whole new, it's a whole new thing that they're, I don't know how new it is. Uh, it's new to me, but I know it's, it's really gaining traction in the psychology world. And again, not a psychologist here, just a big fan. Um, <laughs> uh, but I have to say that because, you know, borderline here, what I do, people might mistake it, but uh, yeah. So if you're looking at your storyline and the fear that you're you're telling yourself has to do a lot with what other people are thinking, um, I'm going to say that is it worth it? Because what really matters most is what are you thinking? How are you feeling? And get back in touch with that, because yeah. another, uh, you know, another filter I use is my 90 year old self. You and I, Gina, have had many conversations about this. I know you talk about this a lot, too, is that if my 90 year old self or even shag it, maybe 90 is too high ago, if my five <laughs> year from now self what does she think who is she what is she gonna say about yeah. what i'm doing yeah how because is she gonna show up how is she gonna handle how is the she thoughts? gonna show yeah. up yeah yeah i have that piece but i also back to the two-sided coin i also want to remind um the listener that if you are feeling an extreme amount of fear but it has more than just the story attached if it has to do with the finances and all and if your pillars of your life are starting to decline in many pillars there are only only so many pillars and um and gina i know you've talked about on your podcast before but pillars like family mm-hmm. relationships money spirituality um you know uh, help me out here gina physical fitness there well yeah. yeah and for some they have unique ones too so yeah i love that you said that and we're actually going to dive really deep into the i guess we that we probably won't talk too much about the pillars but but what to do when you want to quit right so we're going to save ah. that one for the end because i feel once those pillars start to break down yes it gives you evidence right so one that's one of the questions that our listeners sent in so we're going to save those two okay. for the end we'll pause we're going to do we'll pause the poo um good okay. told- i just want to say one last oh, yeah, thing yeah, go, just, go. just yeah. watch your pillars watch your pillars yes. so that's that's a little hint there so start looking at your pillars if you're you can only take so many of them starting to decline or crumble or whatever you want to say before you will actually cause yourself more stress than what it's worth. So true. And okay. No, and I love, on to the next. no, no, I, one more thing to build on that, but I love that because it causes you to do that little gut check. You know what I mean? It causes you to go internally because I feel sometimes when we're running a business and living this life thing that we put our head down and we forgot, we forget to do these gut checks. We forget to go inwards and we're looking for everybody else to give us the answers. But man, And I know we're going to dive into this a little bit later, but we are the best compass that we have, you know, Um, but I'm going to completely like jump now. So (laughs) Stephanie, all the courses that you've put out into the world, everything you've done, you've completely sold everything out, haven't you? (laughs) Uh, Hell no. Uh, and I'd love to hear, I'd love, I want to hear yours on this too. Yeah. I actually, uh, no, I've had quite a few launches that have, uh, 
I haven't had the experience yet where there's been no sales, but I've had launches that have had like my goal was a hundred sales and I had three. And then I had a launch of a course and I was like, again, I could fit a hundred people in and I had 10. Um, you know, and yeah, and I, I had a retreat that I did, which was wonderful. And, uh, I had this goal of what I wanted to make and I did sell that out and I broke even, you know? And so there was, I never made anything and, uh, yeah, Gina. Yes. Yes. And I'm laughing (laughs) because before the call, we were like, we're talking about all the things here, guys. Like we're, we're really pulling back the curtains because once again, people don't share the tanks. You know what I mean? And while I'm not taking for granted any clients that come into my space, but it's like financially, if you are setting, you know, your, you know, you're doing all your, your course calculations and how much you need to make and all that kind of stuff. And you end up losing money or you only get one person. Like people don't talk about when that happens. And I think there's this false illusion for people who are growing and like, let's face it. Like there are a lot of coaches. Now there are a lot of people stepping up and becoming entrepreneurs. There's a lot of people wanting to do this independent work. And if the false illusion out there is that everybody sells with ease and everybody fills all their courses all the time, I I just feel like that's just not good enough. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. That's not how we start, you know, and even 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 the people that we admire, even now, they sometimes don't meet their goals, you know? Sometimes so, I'd say most of the time, like, yeah. And the other thing too, is like, if you are, no, I'm not going to go there. Cause that'll go down another rabbit hole. But I think it's so important to talk about these things because I remember when I got into this world, um, my very first coach that I hired, the amount that she suggested that I charge for my courses was astronomical. I did not have myself established. I wa- did not have any experience. I was fresh out of the gate. And I remember saying, thinking that doesn't feel good. And I tried it. And of course I didn't have any sales. I didn't have a reputation. I didn't form relationships. I didn't have anything. And not saying that it can't happen, but for me, it did. That That's my truth. For me, that didn't happen. And I don't know. I just feel like we need to take out the taboo around having a perfect launch and having sales come in easily all the time and not normalizing that business is full of ups and downs. Yes. And we grow, we grow with the business, you know? So even growing into the, even sometimes, okay. So I'm a big believer in visualizing who I want to be and I love who I am now and I'd be super bored if I didn't also grow. Yeah. And so there is continual evolution of who I am as everybody on this podcast is, whether you choose your evolution (laughs) or the evolution chooses you. So you're going to evolve regardless. And so I choose my evolution. And I will say that as I step into more and more, you know, I envision our lives. Like I envision us as if, if you think about, um, I have an issue with this term highest self, even though I use it, because it makes it seem like highest self, like you're reaching for something when it's already there. Oh my God. I had this conversation with a client the other day and what you said, I said verbatim. Yes. It's like the way I see it kind of more so for me and anybody, I, I just love visuals, but it's like, if I picture my, um, the, the most aligned version of myself as the center of say a bullseye and each ring, you know, outside of that 
is just a little bit icier than the one outside. So the furthest away from who I am in the center is like super icy. Like that's when I'm out there. I'm like Bambi on ice. Uh, shit don't feel good. <laughs> you know, I'm fumbling all over the place. It's because I'm so far away from my alignment that it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And so as I step into the aligned place where my feet are firmly planted, where the ground is firm with who I am, each part, each day I get closer to her. So as a business owner, I'm that is also happening. You know, I started off in my, in this whole business thing, Bambi on ice. And so, yeah. And so, and, and even in the belief of what I was doing, I didn't completely believe in myself. I believed in the end goal, but you know, I had to, I had to take little baby steps to believe in what I was doing and to believe that. I, and then, and then every single time I wanted to say another thing, I know you're so good at this, Gina, like you're so good at prompting your listeners to, to learn, which I absolutely love, Aww, which is why I you. listen. I listen every single episode. Aww. Um, so yeah, ask me, I can tell you, I can tell you. What um, no, but seriously, it's like, if we don't squeeze every bit out of what that so-called lemonade is, and I'm not saying, listen, I, I, I love, as to your point, I love every one of those clients that came. I have built relationships with these people. I truly love them. And I know you do too. And that's why we're great at what we do. But the lemon out of the lemonade, when I say that, I mean, not meeting the goal. And so that story we tell ourselves about not meeting it, but that story gets completely transformed when we can extract, extract as much learning, extract as much um, just content from what you learn yes. from that. What went wrong? How can you grow? Uh, what can you do differently? What went well? Like totally debriefing yourself to the minutia and take out all that gold and turn it all, all those lemons into lemonade. And you will not feel the same. You'll feel like you won regardless. So, and I know that's how you think, and I know yes. that's how you teach, Gina. But I love, yeah. I love hearing you explain it the way you did. And I look at failure as feedback. Yes. You know, because, and I, I'm doing air quotes, failure, because I think what you do with it, and I think if I could sum everything up with business, is what you do when the attachment that you've made to the goal doesn't happen. Mm. And, Amen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I also think it's really funny that we think we have control over this. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we have, yeah, there's things, you know, I always say control the controllables. Absolutely. But there's something bigger at hand. And I truly believe that if we got the goal immediately, we wouldn't have the knowledge, the expertise, the resilience, um, and all the things that we need to qualify us to have the goal. That's right. You know what I mean? Exactly. We want to rush past all the things like we're saying, I want that thing, but I don't want to do what I need to do to get there, you know? And I often look back and I'm like, okay, if I had my, if my first launch was, let's just say, because I mean, back then when I was starting, it was like hundred K month, hundred K launch. You know what I mean? So if I would have went from zero to hundred K, I don't think number one, I would have had the capacity to help that many people at once. Number two, I wouldn't have had my programming down to, um, to really help the people that I needed to help. I wouldn't have had, like, there's a lot of things that you build, like you say, as you grow with your business. So if you're listening right now and you are in a rush, look at the lemon. What can you squeeze from that freaking lemon? And what can you learn for when something doesn't happen? Because 
Um, and we're going to talk about this more with the questions that came in from Instagram, but I really, truly believe that sometimes our focus on the end goal distracts us from the things that we need to do to reach that goal, right? We got to focus more on the process, not the results. And if we can fall in love with the process, the results will come. I truly believe that to my core. I second amazing <laughs> leave it to us to always go like into something like positive right we're like we're gonna talk about the shit <laughs> i know but you know you you just I, I, I and you get it gina it's that it's the two side of the coin again it's like if so much of our lives are focused on the uh, we we are negatively biased by nature as you know and so we will easily go there but I think to your point, this podcast is about getting real with it. But this is reality is reality is, is that we do have choices and we have choices in um, where we stay. It's OK to lick your wounds. Yeah. It's, that's a wonderful thing. It's it's a beautiful thing to sit down and have yourself a day and have yourself a cry. I will say, though, is that business is going to need, if you want to get in business for yourself, you've got to pick yourself back up. You do. It's just, it's, it's one of those things. It's like a, it's like a treadmill that's going to be running, whether or not you want to walk on it or not, you can stay on, yeah. you can sit on the treadmill and let it throw you off. Yes. Or you can get on and start walking. I mean that, but that's, it's a treadmill that has to be, it's going to maintain itself or it has to keep going in order to be a business. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the mindset has to be, okay, well, maybe I am going to jump off the treadmill for today, but I got to keep going tomorrow or I'm going to get thrown off. And that's okay too. Absolutely. If, if, if it's not for you, if you try and it's not for you, and I don't know if you want to go there now, if you want to go there later on what that is, but I also, I, you know, I just really want to say is that we really, we, we, as a society could do better at congratulating ourselves for trying it. Like oh you said, God. for trying the thing. Absolutely. Right? Because here's the thing. I look back at my journey sometimes and I look at where I started. If I did not start, I would not be where I am today. And where I started is not where I am right now. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes we have to try the things and dip our toe to realize what we don't want. And that brings us closer to what we do and what we're meant to be doing. You know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I just, I, I really feel that. And the other thing too, is one of the things that I am really focusing on as I grow my business is emotional regulation and learning how to take my emotions and to move through them and not live in them, you know? And like you just said, it's okay to have all of the emotions, but I'm learning not to sit in them as long. And oh, because they can get addictive. They can. And they feed a story. You know what I mean? So it was like, oh, well, so and so didn't buy. Oh, my goodness. And then it's like, oh, this is about me. And it's poor me. And it's like, hold on. You're just feeding a story so you don't take action. <laughs> I see what you're doing there, keeping. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I actually my husband and I went to A&W and I was having a hard business day and I had a little cry while I was eating my matzo burger and Dwayne looked at me and he and he's amazing. He is so incredible. He helps me see things that I just can't see. And he also gives me the kick in the ass when I need it, when I can't give it to myself. And he said, you you called for this like you wanted this. And I was like, at first I took it as like, a, ah, ah, and then I was like, oh, no. Like, I do want this. You know what I mean? Like, I fought for this. This is what I fought for. 
And it's like, this is a privilege for me to have a low, but what am I going to do with that low? Am I going to let it define me in that moment? Am I going to quit because of this little thing? And the answer is no. So I'm noticing that my time in the sucky (laughs) is like down to this. And when I need it, when I need the kick and I know I'm in it, I'm brave enough to say, Dwayne, I need the kick in the ass. I love it. Right. I love it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yes. because once you're in it, like you almost need somebody to be able to say, okay, remember what we talked about, get out of there, you know? And it is a choice. You, you said it beautifully. Like it is a choice for us to stay there, but most of us stay there because it fulfills a need within us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also this, you know, when you were telling your story, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I had this actually had an epiphany while I was sitting here. Um, And that is oftentimes we think that things get taken away from us and that's when we get really upset. Right. But uh, you know, it's, I don't think that that's true. I really don't think that that's true. We never get anything taken away. Everything is an evolution. Everything we evolve and we grow. It's just sometimes we're so used to the outward growth, like what people see, you know, we're used to uh, the financial growth, equaling um, the bigger house, the bigger car, the more clothes, the designer labels, whatever that's outward growth. But we if we could take more time to actually look for the inward growth, then you recognize life never takes away. No, ever. I love that. And also I feel that if you did the inner growth, you don't need the outer growth as much. You do not, you know, and, but it, once again, is like, it's a self-awareness piece that we're not really taught, you know, we're not really taught to go, okay, hold on a second. We're just so used to pointing that finger, you know what I mean? Instead of turning that finger around and looking at the part that we're playing in it. And I get it. It, It's so much easier to say, oh, it's this person or that person or this is a thing. But once you kind of go back to like, oh, no, there's no mistakes here. And whether I'm right or wrong, it makes me feel better. And everything always works out better when I go, I'm supported. I'm taken care of. Right. That client wasn't meant for me. There is no actual right and wrong in this world. That's I, I believe that that's but that's a whole other kettle of fish, whole other worm. We can have a whole other podcast about that topic. But but number three. We'll save that for another day. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad that we were both talking about this because, like I said in the beginning, there's just not enough representation out there of having the duality of both worlds. Yes. Well, and I know you were just speaking about your partner. And so. I want to I want to go down that direction because I know before we got on, we said, let's go there. And that is like, what do we do? Right, Gina? Like, what do we do when our family and our partners aren't necessarily on board with this? But yet our hearts are saying this like I I need this. Yeah, I need to try this. I I yeah, I'm so glad we're going here because. I know there's a lot of people who feel this way and oops, I just hit my mic. Um, But I look at it very differently because I didn't have either in the beginning. Um, My family, when I started my MLM, it was appeasing. Oh, Gina's just doing this thing. Um, Dwayne really supported me in the MLM piece. Like, we were getting fit together. Um, did want me to like, you know, the Shakeology was a little bit expensive because I was a beach body, um, but it was just something on the side. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but when my eyes were open up to opportunity and my reputation as a teacher, I was a phenomenal teacher, still am. Um, 
and I had a really good reputation. So when the seed was planted of, I no longer wanted to teach, I feel people were surprised. They were very surprised because my journey to become a teacher was not traditional. I had to work, I, I couldn't get a student loan. So I had to work all while going to university. I worked three jobs. There was a time when I went to the president of the university and begged them to let me work for free so I could pay my tuition. So like I worked my ass off to get my three degrees and I knew from a, as a little girl that I was meant to help people. I knew I was meant to be a teacher. I knew this to my core. So I had to work super hard to get what I had. And then when I had it and I was like, I no longer want it. I think people were concerned and rightfully so. And what do you do when you're concerned about somebody and they are starting to change? They didn't change. I changed the game. So they saw this person that they loved and they were like, Gina, as far as I knew, was happy, but I was struggling a lot inside and wasn't sharing all of my truth. And while I did love teaching and when I got sick, I was in my dream job and I was very good at my job. It still wasn't what I was meant to be doing. I felt that in my core. So my parents, well, actually my, my dad had passed away at this point, but my dad, my mom, sorry, did not understand. Oh, she would, God love you, mom, if you're listening, but very worried about what people were going to think, worried I was thrown away in my future Pension, 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 pension. Um, in all fairness, Dwayne was concerned as well. How could he not? His wife, who was a breadwinner, making over 100 grand a year. Like those are big decisions that he didn't sign up for, in all fairness. You know what I mean? So at first, it was really challenging. I have to be quite honest. I was really challenged. I was afraid to have conversations. I was afraid of the disappointment. It burdened me. And even funny tonight, I felt some of that disappointment coming up. I was like, oh my God, like, ooh, I felt it creep in. These are some core emotions that I've had to deal with my whole entire life. Um, but without going down into too much detail, the support flipped with Dwayne. And Dwayne is now my biggest supporter. And he helps me with all my events. He is a person who keeps me on track. He believes in me now more than ever. And I feel that I had to be brave enough to go first and I had to trust in myself and I had to trust in my vision before others did too. And I had to make a shift of me moving forward and achieving my dream, just like any other goal that I've set for myself required me believing in it first. And it's nobody else's responsibility to do that for me. It's a me job. And if I was still or because I've never I've never needed anybody else to clap for me while I went for goal. But then this big one, I was like, oh, well, no, one's, like I don't have the support. And I had to give myself the stern talk to Stephanie where I was like, no, this is a me job. Like I never needed anybody else to clap for me for any other goal that I've ever done. Why this one? So for me, it was that switch that I needed to make. Um, and I had to go first. Oh, you said so much there that were so many gems and very, as you know, relatable with me as well. Mm. Um, and I want to say that my coach, because I believe coaches need coaches and you do too. I know. Um, yeah. So my coach during this whole thing, when I was switching into coach, she kept on saying to me, Stephanie, um, you know, what about you're a lot about me right now? What about we? And I, and I, 
you know, I, I took what she had to say and I was like, yes, I do need to be there for my husband. Cause like you, my uh, Rob was trying his best. He was trying his best to just go along for the ride, the ride that he did not ask for. He really did not. And I want to say two things. So number one, there is no we without me. So I'm not saying that I, I'm not saying that it's about selfishness. It's just that if I am resentful to myself first for not doing it, and then for uh, undoubtedly for him, for me feeling like it was him who held me back, then that's not good for we. But I also wanted to say, uh, I, I just had this epiphany when you said about the cheerleader and I've actually did a reel on this about we, we have to be our own cheerleaders, but I just figured out why. If I chose me, I have to be my own cheerleader because I didn't choose we, I didn't take, I didn't, you know, that would be like, that would be like me, like him being like, Stephanie, that's my, that's my hockey team. You must cheer for it too. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about hockey. Like, I mean, I love that you love it, but it's not my thing. Right. And I can't expect him to necessarily, although he does, he does cheer for me. He really does. But it is also, um, you know, it's done through through fear because it's only been recently that he's really seen the breakthrough of this business. And so for two years, it's there's been fear in this house. Yeah. And so for anybody like, you know, talking about getting real with this whole business thing, for anybody who's listening, if you're in the same boat, I get it. I know Gina gets it. And I know what it's like to be in a house that has fear. And when fear is in there, there's stress, there's everything. And so- yeah, it's um, it's a season of life. That's why they say in marriage, in sickness and in health, if you, you take those vows, because it is a it is a season of life. And I've had to remind myself many times when I have been resentful of Rob because I'll send this thing that I'm excited about and it's minor. It's so minor, but I celebrate the little things and he'll give me maybe a thumbs up when I really wanted a right like a text, a thumbs a thumbs up and then, then maybe change the subject two seconds later. Right. right. And yeah. and it's like, OK, and then I might feel a little bit hurt. But then I recognize I'm like, yeah, OK. But if I putting myself in his shoes, it's like I'll really celebrate you when I see the proof of it all. And, you know, right now I don't have the capacity to celebrate with you because I'm still scared. And when you're in fear, it's really hard to have love. Now, I'm not Please do not mistake me. I'm not saying he doesn't love me. He does. But when you're when you're feeling fear, love, the actual feeling of love, they don't live in the same place. And so, uh, you know, and I'm again, fear is not there all the time. There's an, there's an in and an out of all this. There's a there's a ebb and a flow. But when fear is the majority of what's in a household, no matter what the fear is from, just remember that it needs a really big injection of love and that love has really had to be consciously put forth by me right now. Love for me, I'm holding love for him and acceptance of where he's at and acceptance and kind of like being my own little, my own little snuggle buddy and being like, Stephanie, you're lonely because you're in this alone, but you're okay. You got this. You're you're not, it's not going to be forever. This is, this too shall pass. I sound really religious here this oh, evening. Oh, you don't, not at all. You're good. And then this too shall pass. Um, I did, I did make an intention before I came on this podcast to speak through my heart. And I guess the good Lord speak is in my heart, but I don't, I don't actually, uh, I don't actually subscribe to any religion. Um, but if anything, Buddhist maybe, but I do, 
I, I just think that it's uh, the right verbiage right now. Absolutely. I say that a lot, even sometimes when I get so in the high too, I'm like, okay, hold on. This too shall pass. Not just the low because yes. the ebb and the flow, right? Like we can't expect to live in one emotion all the time. And it's like, okay, I'm comfortable with all my emotions because I'm not making it anything about me. I'm making it more of a discovery than anything, you know? Mm. Um, But I'm so glad you shared that. And thank you because there's so many people who reach out and they're like, so I'm going to kind of flip it a little tiny bit, still same topic, but I've had people say like, my partner's not on board. And my first question is, well, have you talked to them about it? And then the first thing is like, no, I haven't. And I'm like, So you're making an assumption Mm. that they're not supporting you. Number one, we need to learn to stand up and say, this is what I need. And this is what support looks like for me. Are you able to do it? And I know I've already said this point, but we have changed the game in an equation of our partners and how they've signed up to be with us. So sometimes it's going to take them a little bit of time to get on board. Just think about how long, like I'm not saying you, but our listeners and like you too, Stephanie, think of how long we've had these dreams in our heart that it took us how many years to be brave enough to go for it. And then we spring it on our partner and we're like, why aren't you supporting me? I'm like, girl, it took me 15 years to realize I was going to go for this and I want him to have it like yesterday. (laughs) So we got to give them patience too, right? And one of the things that I'm understanding too is like Dwayne, for example, is very analytical. He needs to know the X, Y, and Z. He's very good at like, this is how much, this is the numbers, crunch it down. So for me, knowing what he needs, like we're, we're a marriage, you know, parents and other people, they, I don't need to do that with them, but with my partner who I've chosen to do this life with, he, owes like he deserves to have me sit down and also help him see this side and be like, okay, you need this for me in order to, to support me. Then this is cool too. But I feel sometimes we get on our high horse and we're like, you, 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 you don't support me, but it's like, okay, how can I support you? You supporting me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Finger snaps to that. So if you are in a situation, I challenge you to even say like, have you sat down and talked with your partner? Have you come up with a plan and involved them in the plan? If he's not there or or she's not there or they are not there, then you have to figure out how you're going to move forward. And that's like that. That's a whole topic in itself. But I just wanted to put that in there where I'm like, Sometimes we make assumptions that are just not true. And we have to also be willing to sit down and work it out. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that topic. I think I said my piece on that one, Gina. (laughs) And I think you ended it very well. Okay. Um, Holy shit. Okay. I'm going to jive into, or not jive, but jump into the two, two questions that I was like, okay. The first question came up several, I think it was twice in the Instagram chat and only did it right before our call. So there could be more messages there, but these were the ones I was able to pull over. And I feel that once again, this is a common thread. And the question was, when to quit and throw in the towel and when to keep going? Mm. This one's a toughie. (laughs) And before we do dive into it, I truly do think it's unique to everyone, right? Um, And we can share our personal experiences on our perspective, but I think you're the only one who can really investigate that and know that for certain. 
I do have a couple tips. I don't know if you wanted to go first on this one, um, but I guarantee you, you've had times where you've wanted to throw in the towel. Yep. Yeah. Um, the biggest tip. So I follow Abraham Hicks. Um, I just find their uh, teachings expansive. And so one thing that they talk about is the path of least resistance. And so when knowing when to pull, throw in the towel for me, because I'd already mentioned about what my point was, right? 2023, I was going to have a sit down with myself and decide. Yep. Um, but it also is about the path of least resistance. So if we set a goal for ourselves and then um, if it is, it's feels like struggle, struggle, struggle to get there, say without a nine to five, then why not do the nine to five? Like you had said before, why not do the nine to five while we're doing the secondary job? What's the path of least resistance? And what I hear that is what's the path to least stress? And so, you know, if when to throw in the towel is really going, like you said, it's going to be to each person, but if you, whoever's listening are, if you're not really knowing yourself and your limits in stress and what that's doing to your body, to your relationships, to everybody. In the end, there is nothing worth having that much stress over if it's going to affect your physical health. Yeah. That's, that's for me, that's it. And so I also know I have this, like this other part of me that says, Sometimes when just when we're about to throw in the towel, just it's like darkest before the dawn, right? Like, yes. yeah, Gina's like, that's one of those, one of the points you were going to make. Yeah, it's darkest before the dawn. And so I don't know if, is there ever really like, why do we have to full, th- throw in the towel altogether? Why is that even a thing? Why can't it be, I'm going to pause? Like, why did like, why can't we just hit pause on something? Why can't we just, uh, and like let life flow for a little bit with more ease and see what happens? Because I truly believe if that's meant for you, whatever, and if you've dreamed it, if you've been dreaming it for years, You cannot tell me, like, I will never, you will never, ever, ever be able to convince me that that's not for you. However, if you're trying to pound it out, if you're trying to like force it, like Gina said before, force it to be there, then you know what? You might find yourself wanting to throw in the towel because you're exhausted. You're freaking exhausted. You're not meant to go 15 rounds in a ring, right? Like you're just not meant to do that to yourself. So is there, is there a way that you can pause? Is there a way, is there another, is there a way that you can do it with more ease? That's the question I would ask myself before I threw in any towel. What can I do with more ease? Who can help me? Like, is there collaborators that you can get help from? You're not in it alone, woman, man, them. You're not person, human. You're not in this alone. You got Gina, you got me. (laughs) I get so passionate about this stuff because I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you, yeah, I'm passionate. I, now I want to hear your points because that's, oh, that's what I got to say about that. I love that. <laughs> I love that so freaking much. And I love your passion and I love having these conversations because they are so passionate. Um, no, I'm with you. And I got to be honest, I got to circle back. Why do we have to live in an absolute where we're like, yeah, towel got to go in, business got to go. I'm shutting her down. See you later. You know what I mean? And I think I kind of like to look at business as like a relationship (laughs) because if you think like anybody who's listening, we all have been in a relationship of some sort and you don't just quit when you guys get into an argument, you know, you don't just quit when things are hard. Like when I married my husband, you know, sickness and, and in health, not till 
well, you know, I won't go into like promises and all that kind of stuff, but there was one thing I refused to say. What was it when, what's the thing? Like, there's a lie that they try to get you to say. Almost like he owns you. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> so I didn't say that one, but in sickness and in health, absolutely good times, oh, bad. Obey? The obey one? Oh, yeah. He's, would you obey? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even obey my, I didn't obey my mom and my dad. I'm not obeying you. I totally just snorted. But yeah, no bang. But anyway, to bring it back serious, um, I kind of look at business as a relationship and I'm good at it sometimes and I'm bad at it sometimes, but same thing i'm not a perfect wife you know sometimes i'm a really good wife other times i'm i'm not but the the way that i think i would look at throwing the towel in on my relationship is number one i wouldn't go there unless things were really 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 bad and before they got and i had i have would have some like non-negotiables of course um but when things are bad in your marriage what do you do you pivot you might plan a date night. You might look at what's not working. You might have to have some tough conversations. You might have to say, you know what? I need more help in the season. You might have to say, this is what I need. How do you need? Sometimes just give, sometimes just take. So I try to look at business that way. And if I've explored all options and it's still more hard than it is good times, something's got to give there. You know what I mean? And I think... When we're in the hard, and I feel marriage is even getting like this now, even when it's hard, people are just so ready to say, see ya. People don't want to work it out and see it to the end, you know? And I feel if you're able to work it out and you're able to pivot and you're able to communicate and you're able to know yourself, know your partner, know your business. If there's something you don't know, you ask questions, you explore it. If you can take relationships and apply it to business. I think it would take the pressure off. You, everybody wants to have fun in a marriage. Everyone wants to feel good in a marriage. Can you imagine if you take that, took that same pleasure in a, in a marriage or relationship or whatever you can relate to and applied those same principles to business? Like you're going to follow the fun. You're going to make it easy. When things get hard, you're going to reevaluate. And if it gets to the point where it's way too hard and couples therapy doesn't work and all the things don't work, then you arrive to a conclusion where it's like, okay, we got to do something about it. So I guess to translate that back into business, the build of what you said, Stephanie, follow the fun and see like where you can make it more easeful and maybe take a step back in that pause and go, what's not working here? And what can I do to shake it up a little bit so it can work? You know, and I think sometimes we push and like before we even got on the call, I'll share this now. I was saying to Stephanie <clears throat> um, a little while ago, I had a coach who was like, OK, this passive income would work really good for you, blah, blah, blah. It's smart. It's a good business model. And I did it. It did not feel good. And here I am now going, okay, I don't like this. I'm not going to say, oh, my God, this is not working. I'm like, Whew, what felt really good? And for me, the way that I had it before felt good. And I was in a little experiment phase where I was testing it out, but I listened to myself. I trust myself. I didn't beat myself up when I was like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. I was like, whoo, okay, interesting. I'm going to go back to what fit, what felt good. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel that you got to trust yourself and you got to try different things. And if what you're currently doing is not working and does not feel fun and feels hard at the time, 
How can you make it a little more fun? How can you make it work rather than saying it's an all or none? That was a long spiel. I apologize. (laughs) It said everything it needed to say. You said everything that needed to be said. And I guess to kind of go to the dark side there, Stephanie, is sometimes I'll, I'll ask myself two questions. I'll say, okay, if money wasn't an option, because most people want to quit their business because of money, um, if money is not, not an option, would you continue doing what you're doing? If the answer is like, oh my God, yes, then you're on to something. The second question, and this is a little bit of a tough love kind of question that I ask myself or like a little kind of check, I guess, gut check is I give myself permission to quit it and I sit and see how that feels. So when I'm like, oh my God, business is hard. I go, okay, well, Gina quit. And my first reaction is hell no. (laughs) And it forces you to number one, face the story that you're telling yourself and be like, oh shit, I don't want to let this go. You know what I mean? My God, that's, you're like a holy, what are you doing over there? Because I, ju- I just had an aha moment. Oh, good. The same reason, the same reason why we don't start the job is the reason why we don't quit it. It's because the story, the story that we say we can't start the job because I can't start because nobody believes in me or whatever, that that insecure is the same reason why we don't quit the job, because now we're afraid that people are going to think. So it's like we're afraid to be wrong in both scenarios. I'm afraid to jump in because I'm afraid of what people will think. I'm afraid to get out because I'm afraid of what people will think, you know, and if that's if that's one of that's one of the 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 temperature checks to your question, you know, that's an extra temperature check. I just had that huge aha when you were sitting there. I was like, why would somebody, you know? And most times somebody doesn't want to quit because they're afraid to quit because what people are going to think. Absolutely. Now that is the gut check. And you're like, the only reason why I'm not letting it go is because what people will think. Um, Yeah, like permission to quit. You'll, You'll learn a lot about yourself if you hold it out. And you're like, okay, I'm going to let this go and check in with your body and see if it's like, oh my God, that's going to feel really good. Of course, it's going to be scary either way. You know what I mean? But I would try everything first. Like if if there's still a little bit of ounce of you wanting to do this, try everything that you can first, like in a marriage, like you would for a relationship. And if it's not working and you really don't want it, permission to quit. That's right. And you take it with you anyway. Like you have no idea what you're going to do with say, say, let's just say you decide to quit. Let's just say we're going there for a minute. You have no idea what that, that experience is, how that's going to help you later there. You know, you don't know who it was that you met that might help you get you a job later. That's going to cause, that's going to help you to align. You take you again, you're always expanding. You are always expanding. So there is nothing that we're ever going to do. That's going to really contract us except our stories in our own head. That is it. I love that. And it's funny because as you're saying that, I feel like we're focusing, uh, which I feel most people are, they're focusing on when things are hard and they don't know when to quit. But the flip side of that is what if everything is feeling good and you have this feeling where you're like, I want to let this go, but everything's going so great, like teaching, for example. And I had a friend on the podcast once and she had this super successful business, but she wasn't in it. And she let it go. And it was the best decision that she ever made. And I think the key theme to kind of kind of cool, like not clue, but like wrap it all up is that stop looking for the external validation and go inward and trust yourself. We can't give you the answers. 
Nobody else can give you the answers. It got to be that gut check. You know, like if I came to you and I said million bucks, you know what you got to do. You know what you got to do. Right. Yeah. I think you might have to up that ante a million dollars these days. Don't seem to go that far. No, fair, 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 fair. Um, And I know we're gone like super long, but I do want to address the second question because I do feel that a lot of people are in this boat right now. Um, And while I'm very careful not to fuel any stories around money, but the reality is some people are really struggling with money and I don't want to ever downplay anybody's truth um, because we're in a time right now where, um, you know, cost of living is going up. Uh, a lot of people only have one stream of income right now. And while we can change our circumstances right now in the moment, there are people who are not there yet. So one of the, the questions that was asked was, what do you do when you want to invest and you feel like you need to invest in yourself and your business, but you don't have the money and you still want to leave an impact and have a legacy? Mm. Well, Gina, you're the best one to to answer this to, but I can speak from my own experience on this one because I'm not a business coach. So I'm not the best. I can just, like I said, share what I know. Number one is, is that I have been astounded by government grants right now. I've been astounded by how many business grants are out there. A salon owner just recently got full coverage for psychologically safe salons here in Newfoundland. And now I'm helping other business, other salons to get that. So shout me out if you want to get, if you're a salon owner and you're listening to this, Um, But uh, yeah, so that's great. But so there's grants out there. So, you know, I think the key thing to what I want to say is, is that I don't think you're ever alone because there are um, there are possible grants. There's possible loans. um, There are geez, half the big businesses that, you know, and investors, they don't put their own money in. They get loans. They go they, they get investors. So please do not let that part stop you. Number two, let's just say that those aren't an option. Then who can you collaborate with and how tiny can you start? The biggest inspiration to me, what I love. Have you ever watched that show, um, Gina, where they have the they start off with like a paper clip and they end up with a house in the end? Yes. You know, where they're like, Right. And so they're like, it's all about trading up. And and so if if you can do that with a paperclip to a house, then you can do that with baby steps, because let me tell you, if you are not on your deathbed, then you have time. And so I think sometimes we we time is is actually more of the the thing than money. And so I think the story we tell ourselves, it's it's the, it's the money thing. But if we were to say right now, like, again, paperclip to house, is it really money or is it time? Because you can make a connection like me and Gina, for instance. So I'll give you I'll give you a, a, a story, which is me and Gina. So myself and Gina are have been friends since the first time we had the podcast when we talked about farting. <laughs> and so. Right. And so through Gina, I have met um, through Gina's networking and whatever. I've met another woman, Allison Best, and me and her have collaborated. And um, she's doing mental health first aid for the beauty industry. So now I'm being seen as a leader in the beauty industry in our area and across Canada. When I was in Toronto there a little while ago, people were coming up to me and being asking me about it. And I thought it was so cool. And so that's a way in which I, you know, that's not about money for me. That's a way in which I'm seen as a leader, but it does end up to money because it does end up to people, um, you know, being impacted by me and then wanting to spend their money on what I have to offer. And so again, paperclip to house. That's, that's the theme here. Paperclip to house. 
I absolutely love that. And you said that so beautifully because I think people look at end result, not process. And I know I've already said this, but if we could just shift our focus and look at, okay, what do I have control over? You know what I mean? We hand over so much control to so many people. One of the, I remember I had a client, um, it was for my expansion formula um, program. And I had a client uh, write me and she said, I'm, I'm being in your course. I'm like, amazing, awesome. She's like, I don't have the money yet. I'm making it happen. <clears throat> she went into her closet and she had clothes with tags still on it. So I'm like, my voice is cracking here now. She had a pair of shoes, I think, that with the tag still on it. And she was able to sell stuff that she had within her home, but she was able to sell some things in order like to pay for the course. And I often ask myself when I'm in situations, what's the how and the who? So who can help me get there the fastest? And, you know, who can I collaborate with? Who can I make connections with? Because like you say, that all builds to the house. And then how? I don't ever let my limitations decide if that's the reason if I'm going to get my goal or not. Right. So I'm always looking for, okay, what do I have in my control? And I'm very resourceful. And Marie Forleo always says everything is figure outable. And if you can step into the energy of like, I'm going to find a way. And I even do like a money audit sometimes. Cause if I say I can't afford it, I'm like, hold on a second. How much <laughs> did I spend on like a coffee or how much? And all those things add up. And I truly believe that if you want something bad enough, you can find a way to make it happen. Now I'll table that. And I'll also say, that there is so much free content out there that don't wait until you can actually have it in your hand to start. This podcast, for example, from start to finish, the amount of gold nuggets and the amount of teaching that I do on this podcast, there is so much knowledge out there. So I think if you're if you're pointing the finger to external things of why you haven't gotten started, you're missing the point. Oh, Yes, Gina. Right. There's always a way. There's always a way. And that's not always in a monetary thing. So if you're listening and you're like, I want to invest in myself, like you say, where's the first thing that you can? Where where is that $27 course? Almost every coach that you meet has a free opt-in or has a podcast or has a low price thing. And the other thing too, is I even invite you to empower yourself to reach out to that, co that coach. I had a client once, I talked about this on a podcast like a long time ago. And she said, you know what, on your, po your podcast episode, you said to reach out to the coach and see how you can make it work. That client and I, we decided to spread her payments out over a certain amount of time so she could do the course. So like most of the people who you want to learn from, they're good people. Yes. Right. And if yes. they're not, you're looking at the wrong mentor. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, and you know what? And and I know you're a huge fan of this is taking messy action. So it's like, you know, just take the first step and watch the universe conspire for you. Right. And if you're not one to subscribe to to any of that universe, God, whatever, it's OK. But I will say if you're not in the very least believing that the world is conspiring for you, then you're missing out on a really beautiful Ooh. piece of life. Yes. For the people out there who find it hard to get on board with this stuff, here's the way I look at it. Even if it's a placebo effect for me, 
if me believing that everything is working out for me and that brings me ease and that brings me comfort and that brings good things in my life, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like me believing that I'm supported, me believing that there's something bigger out there, me believing that, yeah, I can't shag this up. To me, that feels good. And if I feel good, then I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? So we get to choose the the path and how hard it is in a lot of ways, but we make it so hard on ourselves. And Tony Robbins always says, everything is working out for you. And I, exactly. right, everything's working for you, not to you. Or no, everything is happening for you, not to you. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, Tony. Everything is happening for you, not to you. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> I, I, Tony, I know you're right listening. From, from, two, <laughs> from, from two of your of your uh, peeps here. Um, yeah. And I mean, as for the placebo effect, I can have a whole other podcast about that because with people poo-poo in the placebo effect, I'm like, come on, people. The placebo effect's freaking gold. Like, you know, I can talk to, I can talk to water and change the shape of water. And we're like 70% water. Then all the words I talk to myself, you tell me that I'm not affecting me. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's, it's so true. Actually, when we were at the retreat the weekend, um, one of the girls was taught where they were talking about, they did an experiment with apples because I've heard the one with trees. There were three apples (laughs) that were cores in three separate baggies. One, they talked really shitty to, and they, every day they were like, oh, you're a loser. You're whatever, whatever. Then there was one that they talked good things to. And then there was one that they ignored. Mm. Which one do you think got rotten the quickest? I'm going to say the one that was ignored. The one that was ignored. Yeah. Yeah. Because our, I know our attention on things, um, and we, this is a whole other subject, but our attention on things matters. It does. And I think this yeah. is a nice way to sum everything up that, you know, if you pretend that the feelings aren't there, if you pretend that you don't want the goal, if you pretend you don't want the the vision, what is happening to you? You know, I know you're not an apple. I get it. It's an analogy, <laughs> but I think the more that you do this work and the more that you lean in and the more that you trust and the more that you step into a world of, I cannot shake this up. Right. Mm. And I want to use the F bomb here, but you cannot F this up. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you can F it up is if you quit in my opinion, and you decide not to do anything. And this doesn't mean go and quit your nine to five or anything like that. It just means being true to yourself and what you need. Yeah. Quit your dream. If you quit your dream. Mm. Absolutely. Um, this has been incredible. I absolutely love, I feel like we could keep talking, but I don't know who's going to listen to an hour and a half podcast. <laughs> It's going to be two parts or they're going to be two car rides. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. But thank you for coming on. We won't do the rapid fire. We'll use a time of rapid fire for all that amazingness we just talked about. Um, but love I do it. want you to take a moment and tell people how they can get involved in this initiative of all the psychological, I can't say the word, psychological <laughs> safety. Um, take the wheel, girl. Tell the world. Yeah. So right now I am taking applications for psychologically safe salons. Um, I have had so many people reach out to me on Instagram about what is psychological safety. I'm really interested. So I am working on uh, possibly in late or mid 2023, working with small businesses in general in Newfoundland um, to do psychological safety, because essentially what it is, is that if you want a kick ass team, you want a team that is psychologically safe. Therefore, they have they are 
uh, reduction of fear means that they're so creative. And I've got all the numbers there. But if I could share the stats with you, I mean, if Google invested millions of dollars in psychological safety, then you can invest a couple thousand to make your business psychologically safe and your employees thrive, you will, it'll be better for turnover, everything. But for psychologically safe salons right now, um, that's who I'm taking applications for. And so if you're a salon owner or if you are a stylist, um, reach out to me. And that is the best way to do that is either on my website, which is wavesociety.ca. That's W-A-V-E society.ca or through my Instagram, which is currently Stephanie Clarity Coach. However, that's getting rebranded soon. I noticed a little rebranding happening over there. There is a little (laughs) rebranding happening. I'm sure you're going to see psychologically safe Steph coming soon. Oh, I love that. Um, Something like that. Yep. So that's happening. Uh, I just have been waiting to get the the message just people to get familiar with psychological safety on my feed first yes and uh and that's a key tip for a business just gonna you know just you know try not to shock your audience too much just you know put it out there although in the end do what feels right to you um (laughs) but yeah so they can get a hold of me there last little nugget at the end they can get a hold of me there but i'm really looking forward to people i've done this um course now i've been i've been teaching it for two years but i've done it in its pure form now twice and gina I will tell you that the some of the breakthroughs that have happened in these in these sessions have just been I mean, my heart is is so aligned and and just so set on fire and just it's it's a beautiful freaking thing to know that you're in this world doing good things for people. As you know, it, it lights it lights me up. So, oh, well, watching you talk about it and watching you living out this dream, I am so freaking proud of you. We're going to put all of those handles in the show notes. So if you went and got your pencil trying to mark it down, I got you. I got you. Go to the show notes. Um, seriously, I know you've heard me say this on the last podcast episode, but go follow this incredible human. She is a breath of fresh air. She's like so much bright light in this world and you need her. So head on over, give her a follow and uh, sign yourself up if you're a salon owner and stay tuned for anything business related because I will say this if there's one thing I know to be true about leading people and running organizations is that when you take care of your people your people take care of you so business owners get her in what are you waiting for (laughs) well Steph thank you so much for being here I love you dearly I love you, my friend. So glad the universe aligned to have us together. Same, same, same. And as I'm saying that, I dropped my gemstone on the floor that I've been holding. Oh my God, (laughs) I didn't even hear it. Oh, that was like cool as a cucumber. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any more questions for us, feel free to send us some messages. I got a funny feeling we're going to be doing some more episodes like this. And just a friendly reminder, if you are planning on coming to shift, doors are closing in December and today is December. So if you're thinking you're going to get it after Christmas or you're going to wait till January, unfortunately, doors will be closed by then and you're going to wish you bought your ticket. We have the most amazing day planned to help you kick off the new year and get clear on your year. We never run the same event twice. So if you were at the first one, like, hmm, it's probably similar. Uh Uh-uh, the content is completely different. So go grab yourself a ticket and we'll see you in January. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, keep it kind, keep it fun and keep it real.